How are you today? Everybody well? Good, good, good. It's awesome to see you in the Lord's house today. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is so good. I find myself oftentimes saying, God has been so good to me. And that's a true statement, isn't it? But I forget sometimes that God is being good to me right now. Every breath that I take, every moment that I live, it is filled with the blessings of God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I enjoyed this singing, this time of worship today. Didn't you love our young people participating and being a part of that today? It was wonderful. Amen. I was going through some, uh, you know, if you know much about Facebook, and I don't know as much as I need to know, but I know that there's an area of Facebook where you can go back and look at the past, look at things that happened in your life and on your Facebook um, feed from years ago. And this week I was looking at some pictures of our church from a few years ago, and the kids were participating in worship on that particular day. And I saw some uh, young kids about this big, they're about that size, and I, I thought, well, I wonder who that is, and I started looking at their faces, and I saw some of the kids that are up here today, some of the young adults that were up here today, they were just kids then, and worshiping the Lord then, and worshiping the Lord now, and they are on a path towards Christ. What a wonderful, wonderful thing that it is. We love our young people, Amen. Well, whoever's up there, I think it's Pastor John filling in. Uh, give me a little bit of sound in the monitors, if you will, so that I don't kill myself this morning and just uh, bring it up until I start falling out and in the spirit or whatever it is that, that I do when it comes up. And I would appreciate you helping me that way. Speaking of our young people, next Sunday is Graduation Recognition Day. And so we are going to be recognizing our seniors uh, who will be graduating from high school, and we want you to come and be a part of that. Now, in the bulletin, uh, we placed their names so that you could bring a card for them next week. We'd like for you to do that. Just a congratulatory card where you can say, we love you and we appreciate you. And if you want to drop a little something in there for them, that's great. Whatever you're doing, I love you, and uh, I appreciate it so much. It feels good right there. Thank you. But bring a card. We'll have some tables set up outside so that you can drop those cards off to them and just let them know uh, how much you appreciate them. And uh, then following the service next week, we want you to invite some people to be here. Because when church is over, when you exit the building, the Kona ice truck is going to be parked in the parking lot, and we're going to give away uh, free ice. Uh, what do you call them? Ices, whatever. What? Snow cones would be a good word for it. <clears throat> Any flavor that you want, and if you're man enough or woman enough, I double dog dare you to have a suicide. It's just... You know, it's one of those things where they just put whatever in there and then you're man enough or woman enough to eat it. Uh, but it's going to be a good time next week, so come and invite someone to come with you. We don't just do these things just for the fun of it. We want to give you an opportunity 
to invite someone to come and share uh, as we worship together. And it's just a fun little thing that we can do after church. Now, that's next week. Also, I want to point out to you that the first Sunday in June has been set aside for Pastor Appreciation Day for Pastor Jonathan. So he uh, works very hard on behalf of our church. He oversees all of us. He is our executive pastor. He oversees uh, much of the business end of the church. He runs our educational department, which is the school and uh, the child care center and our summer school program. We're getting ready um, next year to launch a before and after school program, and he's working hard on that, and we want you uh, to be praying for our school as we take uh, the next step, our child care center as we take this next step. He will be overseeing that, and we just want to take an opportunity to say thank you to him. And so if you'd like to bring a card and um, a little bit of expression of your appreciation to him, we would love for you to do that. That's not next Sunday, but it's two weeks from now, the first Sunday of June. Can you believe that we're already moving into June? Can't hardly imagine that. But life goes on, and God is good, and we're accepting all of His blessings that He has for us. So remember those things, and also uh, look at the bulletin, find out all the information that you need uh, so that you can be aware of what is going on at our church. If you have your Bibles this morning, I would like for you to turn to Luke chapter 5. And as I was reading this passage of Scripture, something came to my mind that I think is very needful and appropriate for, for our church and for our world, our nation in general. Have you ever felt like that you were at a breaking point in your life? I mean, what I mean by that is, have you ever felt like that you were right on the edge? And if you felt like that if you just took one more step in that direction, that you're going to fall off and you're going to hurt yourself and disaster is going to strike you and your family. I don't know why, but it seems like of late I've been coming in contact with a lot of people that I deal with that are just at that point. Not, not just church members of our church, but just people in general. People that I see in the grocery store or another place of business. I can tell just by their demeanor and by the words that I can pick up that they are struggling with life and they are at a breaking point. I believe that God has many things to say to us if we are in that particular circumstance. And this passage of Scripture that I've selected today is not typically used for a, for a topic about being at a breaking point. But as I read it, I began to see that there are some things here that we can, that we can learn from and some things that will... Uh, assist us in these moments when it feels like that we're at a breaking point. So let's begin reading at Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I will be reading from the CSB. It will also be up on the screens if you want to just check it out up there. But let's read together. It says, As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus... 
to hear God's word. Now, let me just stop and say there's a whole sermon right there that I could preach to you this morning about pressing into Jesus just to hear God's word. But I'm not going to do that today. I want to point it out to you, though, that there, there is a time and a season where pressing into God's word is very important to our lives. He was standing by the lake, and he saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And when he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master, Simon replied, We've worked hard all night long, and we have caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. And when they did this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I'm a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. And they brought the boats to land, they left everything, and they followed him. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you will help me, your servant today, to be able to preach in such a way that we can get a full understanding of this passage of Scripture and what it means to our lives at this moment in time when it seems like so many people are at a breaking point. So many people, Lord, are on the verge of breaking down. But Lord, I pray that you will help us to see that in this season that there is hope and there is help in Jesus. And that today, before we leave this house, we can make a transition that will bring us to a place where we can break out of this slump and we can have victory in our lives. Now help me speak clearly today and with your heart and your mind for your people. And we give you praise for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I was at the Breakfast Boys Friday and I, I was just catching some of the conversation from around the table and... and uh, probably adding to it myself and just we were kind of in agreement that this has been one of those difficult weeks. In fact, I had to leave early because I had some things that cropped up and, I, and I, it caused me to have to leave a little early in order to get to it. But you know, there are times in our lives, there are seasons when it seems like that everything is against us, that everything is going wrong, that the winds are contrary, if you will, to pushing us toward victory. And we find ourselves at a place where if God doesn't do something, we're going to lose it. Did you ever feel like that? 
Did you ever just feel like that I'm about to lose it if God doesn't do something? I am about to lose my ever-loving mind, as my mom used to say. And we're at that break point where we're saying, God, I need something different than what I'm experiencing in my life right now. I don't even know what it is. I just know that something needs to change. I know that something needs to be different. And so in this passage of Scripture, there are three things that I want to point out to you that happened for these men in this boat that I believe can happen for us as well as we seek God. And the first is found in verse 5, and it is break down. Some of us just need to break down. Some of us need to just go ahead and get as low as we can get so that God can start the process of bringing us back up. Now, a breakdown refers to a situation where something falls apart or stops functioning properly. Is that on the slide, Jared? If, you, if it is, get it up there, please. Refers to a situation where something falls apart or stops functioning properly. It could be anything. It could be your body. It could be your mind. It could be your soul. It could be your thought process. It could be your job. It could be anything. It could be your relationship with the Lord that at one time was very strong and vital and vibrant in your life. And all of a sudden, you're at a place where you can't seem to, to feel Jesus close to you. And you're at a point where you have just stopped functioning properly. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? We've been there. Now there are three things in this passage of Scripture that point to a downward trend. I would suggest to you today that we can all tell when we're moving south instead of north. We can all tell. In fact, in our vehicles, most every vehicle today has a compass in it. And all you have to do is look at that compass on the dashboard and it will tell you where you're going north or south or east or west or any other direction that you might be going. And just like there's a car that can tell us which direction we're moving, there is a spirit that is alive and well within us, the Spirit of God, which will nudge us and say pay attention because you're moving in the wrong direction and when this begins to trend downward in our life there are usually three things that are happening that we have to identify and the first one is fatigue I want you to notice in verse 5 again with me he said master we have worked hard all night long. Now, how many of you know what it is to be tired? How many of you know what it is to be so fatigued that you can't even have enough strength hardly to get up and cook a meal? I don't want to even cook today. I, I don't even want to go to work today. I, I don't even want to wash the car. I don't even want 
to make the bed. I, I don't even want to do what I know I need to do to function in life. I am so absolutely tired and fatigued, I don't know if I can do another thing that I have a responsibility to do. And that's what Peter was saying. Said, Lord, we've done what we were doing all night long, and I'm tired. How many of you have ever been to a youth lock-in? Anybody? How many of you have been brave enough to stay up with the young people all night long? You know, I, I don't do those things anymore. I'm the lead pastor here, and it's not in my job description, and I don't have to do it anymore, and I'm not going to do it anymore. That's what we have all the youth volunteers for. And you will notice that the majority of the youth volunteers are all young people. There's a reason for that. Because only young adults and young people can stay up all night long and live to tell about it. Sometimes we just have to schedule them on Friday night so that we can sleep all day on Saturday. You know what I mean? But there is a time when we do those kinds of things that it gets our body rhythm out of sync. And so it takes more than a day, sometimes many days, for us to get ourselves back in sync and back in rhythm. Sometimes life can just be that way. Sometimes life can just throw us so much that we're just fatigued from dealing with it. You ever been to a place where you just say, if one more person asks me to do one more thing, I'm going to lay hands on them, and it will not be with the Spirit of God. Fatigue is a sign of a downward spiral and a downward trend. And that leads usually to frustration. And I like to call it fumbling life because when you're frustrated with something it's hard to even get anything to work in the right direction he said we have worked all night long and you want to know how many fish we caught absolutely none now, these men were professional fishermen. You would think that if anybody could catch fish, it would have been them. But they fished all night long and could not get anything to work in their favor. And they were frustrated by it. Do you ever just sense frustration rising in you? A lot of times we call that anxiety. Sometimes we call that, you know, just being frazzled and burnt on the edges. We're just frustrated because we can't get anything moving in the right direction. And when we do get it moving in the direction, we hit something and it slows down our progress. Frustrated. Lord, we fished all night long and we caught nothing. And so when we're fatigued and we're frustrated, it often leads us to just out-and-out out failure. How many of you have ever failed? Two of you. Praise the Lord. I'm the only one in the house that has ever failed. We have all had failures in our lives. We've all had things that we thought we could make work. 
And for whatever reasons, we could not make it work. We've had to make a very difficult decision here at the church in the last couple of weeks as it pertains to our school. Because the economy has just dropped out of the bottom and parents that would typically put their children in school don't have the finances to be able to do it. On top of that, we can't find employees all the time to come in and to, to work. They won't even show up many times for an interview. And so it's very difficult. And while we're not quitting, we're pausing for a year and we're going to move another direction until God opens the door back up. Sometimes doors close right in the middle of our face. Isn't that true? Doesn't matter how bad you want something to happen. Doesn't matter how hard you've worked to make it work. Sometimes the timing is just not what it needs to be. And the door slams shut. And you can either begin work until you're fatigued and can't breathe and frustrated. Or you can say it's time for a pause. I would suggest that some of us are at that tipping point, that breaking point where you need to just pause. You're trying to make something work and it is not working and you need to just step back from it and say, God, I am trusting you. There's a reason why you said that you would direct my steps, direct my paths. And if I can't journey on this path that I have set and have followed, then there must be something that you are redirecting in my life. And so I'm not going to feel like a failure, but I am going to put on pause what I have been doing so that something new can find its way into my life. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's that I have been fishing all night long and caught nothing. That's what he said. He was fatigued. They were. They were frustrated. And in some ways and in their own mind, it looked like failure. But now let me say something to you right now. Before you can break through, you have to break down first. Because there's no need for breakthrough unless you have broken down. And in the middle of their breakdown, Jesus comes to them and speaks a word to them and gives them the instruction and the information that they need that will allow them to break through and to come up from their breakdown. Isn't that good news today? He will help us in the time when we need to break through. And that's my second point. There comes a season when God will help us to break through when we have broken down. Now, to break through refers to a sudden and significant improvement in a situation that was previously difficult or challenging. Put that slide up if you will. Refers to a sudden and significant improvement in a situation that was previously difficult or challenging. 
Have you ever been doing something for guys? You might be doing something in your garage or your shed. Uh, For women, you may be doing something in your world and the kind of things that you do, and you just haven't been able to get it together. You just haven't been able to make it work. It just hasn't turned out the way that you thought it would. And so you pause and you you just stopped and thought, how can I approach this differently? What can I do differently in this situation? Because I know that if I continue to do what I've always done, I'm always going to get the same result. Isn't that true? So I need to do something different in this moment. And then you do it. Yesterday, I was doing something in the garage, and I was trying to screw in a bolt that was a Phillips head, but I was using an Allen wrench to do it with. Now, I know that sounds stupid, but I had already been putting in bolts with an Allen wrench that came with the thing that I had bought, and and they had supplied the Allen wrench, and so I'm trying to get these things to move in with an Allen wrench. And I thought, what in the world am I doing wrong? And I slowed down. I felt with my fingers. I put the Allen wrench and to, to no avail. I could not get it to turn. So you know what I did? I turned the whole thing upside down. And when I looked at what I was attempting to do, I realized I was using the wrong tools. I was never going to succeed Because I was not doing the right thing. And when I put the Allen wrench down and got the Phillips head screwdriver, it didn't take me but about 15 to 20 seconds to break through and I was about to have a breakdown. That I realized that I needed to do something different and I needed to use a different tool. Now let me just tell you, There are times that the Word of God is the answer. It's what you need in that moment. But if you're trying to just read Scripture when you need to be fasting and praying, it will not work for you. You can cast out all the devils and demons in hell if you want to, but Jesus said there will come a time when you can't cast them out, and so you must fast in that time. And set aside some time to spend with the Lord so that that thing can be overcome. So a significant improvement. Now, what changed the situation here was that Peter said, he said, if you say so, I will let down the nets. Now in the ESV, the English Standard Version, it says, Lord At your word, I will throw out the nets. Now, we've just got to a place, got got to get to a place where we just make up our mind. If God tells me to do this, I just have to do it. That's just the bottom line. I just have to do it. Now, here's what Jesus did for these men. First of all, He gave them information. He said, throw out in deeper water. Don't throw out here where the water is only three inches deep. Don't do that. 
Don't throw out in this situation. Go out to deeper water. And then he said, cast out the nets again. Can you imagine how frustrated those men must be? They had already pulled in the nets. In fact, Scripture tells us they had already dried their nets. They were out of the water. They were on the shoreline. They were calling it a day. They were heading out. And then Jesus had the audacity to come and say, I want you to get your nets and go out into deeper water and cast them back out there because you are getting ready to draw in a load of fish that will absolutely blow your mind. Now let me tell you something, when Jesus tells you to do something and instructs you how to do it and where to do it, you're going to have to get in the boat with Jesus. I know He was in their boat, but it's possible to have Jesus in your boat and not let Him be the captain of the ship. Listen, we've got to do what He says to do because when He gives us the information that we need, when He gives us the instruction that we need, there's only one thing left to do. And that is, we must get involved. Jared, would you put those three points up on the slide, please? Information, the next one is instruction, and the last one is involvement. We've got to do what the Word says do. And if we're not willing to do what the Word says do, we're going to stay on the verge of breakdown for the rest of our lives. Now we can either break down or break through, but the only way we're going to break through is when we do it God's way. Listen, they didn't need another word. Have you ever felt like that God gave you a word, but it wasn't working yet, it wasn't coming together yet, and you decided, boy, I need another word. I need a different word. I need somebody to tell me something different than what I'm doing. Now listen, if Jesus has already spoken to you personally by His Spirit and His Word, you don't need another word. You need to pull yourself together and shake yourself and say, this is what the Lord has said to do in this situation and therefore I'm going to keep on doing it until breakthrough gets me. Amen. They didn't ask for another word. They acted on the current word. I'm so glad that God gives us current words. I mean, there have been times 10 years ago or 15 years ago when something came into my spirit and God allowed me to break through a particular situation that I needed to deal with and I was able to use that current word in that moment at that time. But let me tell you something, as I've grown and matured, my needs have changed as well. Things that I'm dealing with are different today than they were 10 or 15 years ago. And so I need a new word. But when God gives me the new word, I've got to act on it because it's not a new word. Once it's been given, it is the word for this situation. In this moment, it is the current word. So what current word has God spoken to you? And then you've got to be involved with it. Notice in verse 6, it says, When they did this. 
Say did. Say done. Say I done went and did it. That's what they say in southern Illinois. Did you do that? I done went and did it. <laughs> did you ever think about some of the dumb sayings that we have? They'd say youns and weans and usins. Youns come over to usins house tonight. We'll, we'll have some biscuits. Whatever, gravy. I, I told Neil before church, I said, you know when the gravy's good and done, when you get a spoonful of it and throw it against the wall and it sticks. It's done. I done went and did it. Well, some of us are on the verge of breakdown because we won't go and do what God said did. I know how I said that. We won't go do it. We won't. You know what we want to do? We want to get stuck in one aspect of our spiritual disciplines. We want to just confess it. Confess it. I confess it. I confess it. The Word of God says such and such. I confess it. Well, listen, there comes a time when confessing is the appropriate thing to do. It's appropriate to always agree with God. But listen, if all you ever do is just confess it and you don't do it, then until you do it, you ain't did it. You know what I'm saying? You're just talking about it. But you've got to do what the instructions are. You've got to be involved with it. And so the Scripture says in verse 6, when they did it, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. They signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Their circumstances changed the very instant that they did what Jesus told them to do. So let me ask you, in your moment of broke, breakdown, what is the Lord saying to you that will lead you to a place of breakthrough? Because if it's important enough that Jesus is saying it to you, then it is just as important that you accept it and do what the Word of God and the Spirit of God says do. Otherwise, you're never going to break through. And then finally this morning, my last point is, is that once you have had breakthrough, it's time for you to break out. I know there are many types of breakout. Harper, this last week, had a breakout of some kind of uh, stuff. What do you call it? On her face. What do you call it? It was a rash. Thank you very much. You get my age and you're preaching and you can't think of words, you're in trouble. She had a rash. Something caused her to break out. I'm not talking about that kind of breakout. I'm talking about a different kind of breakout. Go ahead and advance the slide and I'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about. Breakout refers to a situation where someone escapes from confinement or breaks free from something <clears throat> that has been holding them back. Have you ever had something just holding you back? So I would like to do this, but something's holding me back. 
I would like to do that, but I can't seem to get my head wrapped around how it needs to happen. But listen, once breakthrough comes, then you are free to break out. Here's what I'm saying. Some of us, God has delivered breakthrough to us, but we're not living any differently in our breakthrough moment than we were in our breakdown moment. Because we get so... We just get so accustomed to the way that we've always lived. And we're such habitual people that we refuse to change our habits and our systems and our processes so that we can now live differently than we did when we broke down. Breakthrough should lead you to a place of breakout. Did you ever see anybody come down to the altar during one of those good old time Pentecostal services where the Spirit of God was moving and you know you didn't have to give altar calls and things like that because the, the Spirit of God would move on somebody in such a way that they just couldn't stay in their seat. They had to run down from where they were to the altar and throw their hands up in the air and they scream and holler and say, I don't know, Pastor, I know that's kind of strange. Listen, if you've ever been so bound that you cannot find your way out and then all of a sudden breakthrough comes, you can't help but just break out with a praise and a glory under the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to suggest to you today, that's what's wrong with the church today. We're so bound up by this and bound up by that and bound up by our political opinions and bound up by our processes and bound up by our religion and bound up by what we've always done that we can't get free of being in our breakdown state. It's time for the church to say, I'm tired of being broken down and barely making it. I'm going to break through and break out in Jesus' name. He will allow you to break out. I'm not talking about the guy that this week in Louisville broke out of the police car and took off. He was never free in the first place. He was still having to pay for his wrongdoing. But I thought to myself, I literally thought this to myself. Here's a guy that is so desperate. He's coming out of jail. He broke out of jail, broke out of the cop car, broke out of all that. He's so desperate that he's willing to do whatever he has to do to break out of that cop car so that he can taste a little bit of freedom just for a few days. He knew he was going to get caught. The police officers knew they were going to catch up to him, but he could not stop himself from breaking out. And I thought to myself, if a criminal who knows that he is not free and is going to have to pay the price is so desperate that he would break out of a cap situation why tell me why cannot Christians in this world decide that I have had enough of the devil he has held me bound for too long and I'm going to break out and break through in Jesus name there I went to hollering again that's all right there are times we just got to put the devil on notice and say look 
You've held me long enough. I'm tired of it. Get out of my face, old boy, slew foot. Get away from me. Because God has given me the information I need and I'm going to involve myself in the process and I'm going to break through in Jesus' name regardless of what you think. Escape from a confinement. I can't do that, God. Makes me uncomfortable. I can't do that, Lord. It makes me feel anxious. Moses said, Lord, you got to pick somebody else to go speak on your behalf. I'm not good at speaking. Let Aaron go with me. There would come a time later when he regretted taking Aaron with him because Aaron caused him a lot of problems along with his sister Miriam. If Moses would have just said, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I've never done it before. I'm uncomfortable with this. But if you say for me to do it, then at your word, I am going to do it. Break out. Now, how do you know? Come help me quit if you will. How do you know? When you have reached this place of breakout, well, I'll tell you. You will have a new purpose is the first thing. You will notice a new path. And you will have a new passion for living. Listen, God is wanting you to move somewhere higher. I read this week, and it's true. I've, I've known this for years. We are always moving from something to something. We are always moving from a place to another place. We're never stagnant. Because God is always directing us and pulling us up higher. And I would suggest to you that you are stuck if you're not sensing that you have a new purpose. Or oh, you may be doing the exact same thing. How many of you ever raised kids? Anybody? You remember when your kids didn't know how to walk? You'd set them up on the coffee table. You'd put those soft things all around the edge of the coffee table so that when they fell, they wouldn't bust their head open. And they'd kind of move around that coffee table a little bit. Go all the way around. Boy, you had victory that day. It went all the way around. And we applauded them. Good boy, good girl. Look at you, you're so sweet. That is cute when they're that age, but when they're 21 and they're still doing that, there's something wrong with that picture. It's like one preacher said, he said, they're so cute when they're little and they're sucking on that bottle, but when they're 21 years old and you have to part the mustache to get the bottle in, there is something wrong. Isn't that true? We have to do things, even though it may be under the same umbrella of calling, 
We have to do things differently in order to be effective in a new day and in a new way. As I've gotten older, I'll never forget when it changed in my life. It was right here at Spirit Life Church several years ago when I decided I was preaching and I was somewhere up here and I was thinking, man, I'm feeling good. I believe I could jump off this platform. I believe I could, and I was getting ready to do it. I mean, I just felt the anointing of stupidity come on me. And, I, and the closer I got to the edge, the more I thought, this is not wisdom. You know? That I thought, the people, I'll make this point, and they're all stand up and say, ah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But you know what I chose to do instead? I stopped myself. And I came down the steps, and I knew that it was a new era in my life and in the way that I would present the gospel of Jesus Christ. I learned that I don't have to jump off the stage. All I have to do is just speak the Word of God in power and authority and in truth, and if the Word can't do it, my theatrics can't do it. Isn't that true? So I've gotten a little older and a little wiser and I kind of got me a pulpit now that I can be proud of and I, I like to stay right behind it as much as I can. But I'm still going to preach the Word. I'm going to say what it says. I'm going to deliver it in truth. And I pray that the Word of God will be effective in changing all of our lives. New purpose, new path, new passion. I'm going to close with this statement. He told them to go to deep water. I've already mentioned that. Some of you, in order for you to get through your breakdown and to move into breakthrough territory so that you can break out, you need to move to deep water. I'm talking about the Word of God now. I'm talking about the Spirit of God rising up in you. Some of you know Jesus wept and that's all you know about Scripture. I'm not being mean. I'm just being truthful today. Some of you, the only word that you ever hear is when you hear it on the radio or hear it from your pastor because you sure the dog ain't going to pick up the word and read it. But there are things that you will never receive into your spirit until you decide to read the Word of God so that God through His Spirit can speak directly to you without anybody else having to interpret it to you. The Spirit will teach you and take you to places where you need to go in order to break through. Some of you haven't prayed in the Spirit for so long that you've forgotten how to speak in tongues. I'm not going to get mean when I close here. I'm talking about going to deep water. I'm talking about being in a situation where you don't know how to pray. You don't have the words to pray. You don't have the wisdom to pray. You don't know how to pray. So you get down on your knees and you begin to pray and you get stuck just like that because you don't know what to say. And it's in that moment that you need to just say, Spirit of God, pray through me. The Bible tells us that when we pray in tongues, we are speaking to God. You say, well, I can't understand you, Pastor, when you speak in tongues. That's good because I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to God. 
And when you pray in the Spirit, I'm talking about deep water. Somebody say deep water. When you begin to pray in the Spirit and pray in tongues, the Spirit of God is praying things that you don't even know. In fact, the Bible says you won't be edified in the flesh by it all, but your spirit will be empowered and edified because the Spirit of God prays for you with a language that you can't even pray and understand yourself. Say deep water. Deep water. Stand with me if you will. Now the choice is yours. If you want to break down, trust me when I tell you, you can break down. It's up to you. Lord, I'm tired. I've fished all night long and didn't catch nothing. You can live right there if you want to live right there. But maybe Jesus is saying to you today, Go out to deep water and see what I do. I believe it will be so significant that you'll have to call people to come help you because the favor that comes into your life will be so incredibly awesome that you'll, ha you'll just have to call them and say, I can't handle all this favor. I can't handle it all by myself. I need to share this favor. I need somebody to come and take some of this favor. I don't know what, that's what Jesus, that's what Malachi 3 said. said, if you'll bring your tithe to the storehouse, when the time comes and you need to test me, just go ahead. I'm not afraid of your testing, my child. Just bring it to me. I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you that you will not be able to contain. You'll be in such a favored position that you'll have to call people over and say, I don't know why God chose to favor me this way, but I've got so much favor. If I don't share it, I'm going to have to build barns and put it in there and then God may kill me. So please come and share my favor. Because I'm ready to break out. Aren't you ready to break out? Oh, I'm not talking about a rash. I'm talking about breaking out in the Spirit. That's what I want our church to do. I don't want us to be broken down and just barely getting by. God, I don't know. We're bankrupt. We can't hardly make it. We're not bankrupt. We never were bankrupt. Well, we maybe was once. But I'm not, we're in a place of favor and break out time for our church. If we'll just allow Him to do it in our lives. I want them to sing, and as they sing, I want the ushers to come and hand out the communion elements, and you all come down here and stand in. Come down as close as you can so everybody can get in, and we're going to close here in just a moment with communion and prayer.